What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. How are you doing, Andrea? Good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing I'm, excellent, by the way. I'm good, man. It's It's been too long since we've had you. And, and then a quick note at the top. It, it will not be too long before we see you again. We're going to try to get you back in the rotation. Not quite weekly or anything, but at least we'll, we'll try to hope so it's not every like four months. Maybe monthly at the at, at least. Listen, if I have to go full Tanya Harding on Gary Witta, oh my God. I'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> not that I want that to happen, but like, you know, I don't not want that to happen. Just kidding. I love you, Gary. You're great. Also, oh, I'm not man. coming to San Francisco. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I, what's wait, real quick i you? love gary but i would pay good money to see that just just saying that so we, we got a lot of a lot of games been coming out andrew we got ghost of tsushima last of us animal crossing where, where you've been at with all these um i mean there is a spoil of riches for gamers right now i was posting just last night and this morning about ghost of tsushima because I ran into this hilarious bug last night that apparently is not so uncommon as I thought it was, where uh, Jin's arms are like locked to his sides. And so everything he does with his hands is at his waist. Well, really more like at his hip level. So as you can imagine, it led to some very hilarious clips. I spent a long it. time. Nothing taking, like a good wiener joke. Clips. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I fully made the skin flute joke. It just happened. So, Good. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he plays the flute in the game, Tim. <laughs> I get it. You take yeah, A plus B. Um, but I've been loving Animal Crossing too. I've been spending a lot of time in that game. I had mentioned that I t was t yelling at John about all of the things I see in Ghost that are actual items you can get in Animal Crossing because there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm actually streaming Animal Crossing later today with Felicia Day on the, oh, the game channel. Fun. Oh, yeah. She's disgusted by Kevin. Yeah, well, we story were. For, story oh, for Kevin! Look she at said how she was like, are. "Oh, so no, thank you." Uh, she said she'd apologize next time she was on the show, and then she refused to be on any of her shows. So, you know what I mean? So who knows? Is she a bad person? I don't know. I don't know. Let the people decide. You know what I mean? Also, is <laughs> Animal Crossing good? Should I get it? Yes. I didn't. I held out for a long time, Kevin. I was yeah. like, "This Animal Crossing thing is not for me," and then. I was slowly worn down over weeks, and then now I'm 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 all the way in. I'm mm. obsessed. Mm. It's a problem. Multiple nights until three it, or four a.m. It seems it's a, it's a like the kind of game I can get into. Yeah, it's I, what I love about it, particularly right now, is that it's just so relaxing to play. And I need sometimes a game that doesn't require me to have, you know, skill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can just like literally Be just there. run around and dig stuff up if I, if that's all I want to do. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. But Andrea, this is a big day. Kevin, what's going on over there? That the vacuums were emptying the jet. I was gonna turn the mic on to be like, oh, sometimes I go in the backyard and dig myself. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. But instead you just turn it on with the vacuum is emptying itself. What life do you live? I need to let everyone I need to expose Kevin Coelho right now. Right before we went live, Andrea and I are talking. And he's like, Hey man, at some point I'm gonna need to bounce out for a second because the dumpster's being delivered to my house. Who the fuck gets a dumpster delivered to their house, let alone in the middle of a show? I mean, well, I, I don't you decide. must be doing some work on the house. Is that what's happening? Yeah, it's major construction going on. Great. Also, I made oh. the best bagel ever. 
bagel sandwich. Anyways, we're not so talking good. about your goddamn bagel, Kevin. We are talking about all the video game news because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We come at you live with all the nerdy video game news that you need to know. Uh, it's a huge Xbox week here on Kind of Funny. Today at 2 p.m., uh, Greg's going to be streaming the Summer Game Fest demo event. He'll be uh, playing a bunch of demos on the Xbox Live's. I don't know why I said the on Xbox Live. Uh, come tell them what you want to play. Be in the chat. Hang out. That's going to be a good time. And then tomorrow, it's all happening, ladies and gentlemen. We're reacting live to the Xbox Game Showcase alongside the Xcast host, Snow Bike Mike. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about that stuff in this show. So stay tuned for that. And then uh, there's another post show going on. Andrea's doing the official Twitch post show for uh, the Xbox Showcase. Excited to announce that today. I know that. Twitch Gaming has been streaming a lot of these summer events in lieu of an official E3, and they reached out and asked if I would like to host for the Xbox event, and I was like, I love Xbox. Let's do it. I that was it. very exciting. So if you guys want to catch that, it'll be at twitch.tv slash twitchgaming immediately following the show. But obviously, I'm guessing they're going to be coming here to listen to Snow White Mike yell very excitedly. You could do both. You could do both. Um, preferably not at the same time. Anyways, then Saturday, <laughs> it will be the second episode of the X-Cast with Snowbike Mike, Gary, and Alana Pierce. Um, they'll be doing their reactions to the whole thing with, you know, a couple, with at least a day in between to kind of like let the hype really sit in and see where they're, where they're at with everything. Um, our Ghost of Tsushima spoiler cast with Sucker Punch's Nate Fox is live right now as a kind of funny games cast on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe and roosterteeth.com the same places you can get this show kind of funny games daily if you want to get the show ad free you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like our patreon producers muhammad muhammad and black jack did today we're brought to you by klarna but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report we have three new stories today. Thank you, Kev. Thank you. Oh, Kevin, I missed you. I know, right? It's just it's a beautiful, beautiful thing with Kev. Uh, we got some crazy stuff today. Very exciting stuff. The big story of the day: Halo Infinite box art has been revealed. Everyone's losing their minds, uh, including me. Andrea, top level. What what are your thoughts on this? Be honest, Tim. The box art looks pretty Halo-y, but doesn't look like it's new and razzle dazzly enough. Oh man, see that's the thing, Andrea. That's the key to get excited about this. Is it doesn't look like it's some crazy. It doesn't just look like more Halo. To go this back to like the way it was. They're going back to the things that make it special, <laughs> but it's not just that. It's not just hitting those beautiful Halo piano keys of nostalgia. <laughs> it, it has that. But also, there's so much new. There's so much little tantalizing details that we're seeing in this. Kev, can you please pull up the, the first image? All right. So uh, play, play this little, little video. There's no audio for it. It's just a, a nice little moving visual. <laughs> so here we, we, we see the chief himself looking oh so good. And I know to the untrained eye, it's just like, okay, it's Master Chief. Like, what's the big deal? There's just something about this, this updated suit like the simplicity of it all, the cleanness of it all. But to me, it's really the colors. It's the colors and, and the emotions that this image evokes. Kev, can you pause right here? Thank you. They're on a halo. We're seeing it all cracked in the back. There's like a lot of little things going on that like are, are it's similar but different. And that's what's exciting is it's not just more halo, even though 
it does look like that, but it just it looks like the more Halo in the right ways. What's up, Kev? There's more than one Halo. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for the clarification. Yes, yes. Can you bring up the second image that's set, that's in there on the dock, Kev? Uh, Ryan McCaffrey posted this side-by-side of the box arts of the original Halo Combat Evolved and now Halo Infinite. Can you click in there, Kev? So go over to the, the original first. This is what I'm saying is the colors. The colors are what are really hitting me because we see the box art for a lot of the other Halo games. And, like, there's been kind of an evolution over time and they do get a little bit more modernized and like once you get to like halo 5 it straight up looks like a modern game i love that this is definitely trying to go back to the simpler times the classicer times um but there again still are a bunch of little elements in this that are kind of hinting at what i want from this which is a god of war style take on the halo universe where they're hinting that this is going to be a continuation for the rest of the games. Like having played the other ones is going to help you understand what's going on. But I'm hoping this is a good jump on point for people that you don't need to know all the history of Tartarus and all this shit. Do you that's what's going to happen though? Because I don't. I think that Halo as a narrative is, you know, both simultaneously approachable because master chief doesn't have a face right you know and also it's like oh space marine shoots aliens seems like a pretty easy concept to understand and then the lore on the other hand for for, for longtime fans is incredibly complex and difficult to unpack if you are just you know approaching the franchise for the first time so i think that i see where it could be approachable but I don't think it's going to be, particularly after some of the events that have happened narratively uh, in Halo 5. See, all that's true. But there's a couple things that lead me to believe that what I, I want from this game is actually going to be what we get, which is, again, the God of War comparison to me isn't necessarily it's going to completely reinvent the style of gameplay and all that stuff. Oh, it's yeah. Wait, who's shooting. making that comparison? I feel like a lot of people, because like, like looking at God of War of how it like t- completely revitalized what that franchise could be, the Halo Infinite's not going to do that because I just think that the the gameplay styles uh, are just too different from like the third person action kind of more hack and slash of the original God of Wars compared to the more Metroidvania style of the the current God of War like reboot semi-reboot whatever it is where it's still actually a sequel where having played the other ones there's moments that you benefit but like you could just go in god of war blind and it still be a very interesting story i want to get into this uh because there's some interesting details here okay um halo fans are going full csi on halo infinite teasers this comes from wesley yin pool at Eurogamer. microsoft has been teasing the upcoming campaign gameplay reveal of halo infinite and halo fans are enjoying going full csi on them uh there may be some spoilers ahead for people that uh aren't all up to date on halo stuff uh the headline revelation appears to be master chief's suit was last modified by a do- dr Catherine halsey on 9 9 which is three years after the events of halo 5 that already gets me excited create some space create some time away from the other things similarly to god of war where it's like yeah those things happened but we can just tell a brand new story we could just go on you don't need to know any of that stuff this is a new adventure. Redditor Gaming Hermit 2K17 spotted the detail uh, in another thing. So here's this Instagram teaser for Halo Infinite. Kev, can you bring that up, please? 
So uh, this was a little initialized teaser that they that they put up. Uh, for the uninitiated, Halsey is the problematic creator of the Spartan II program and the Mjolnir armor the Spartans wear. She kidnapped kids to be turned into super soldiers. And that's all previous lore stuff. We've dealt with that in, in a lot of the other games and books and, and what have you. Uh, as we know from previous trailers, Infinite begins with a pilot finding Master Chief floating in space near a mysterious Halo ring. The new design of Chief's armor is more in line with what we saw in Halo 2 and 3 rather than Halo 4 and 5. Uh, she's still knocking about then at least three years after the events of Halo 5. Uh, in that game, Master Chief's reunited with Halsey, who I suspect has a decent chance of playing a villainous role in Infinite. Uh, speaking of Master Chief's armor, players are having a close look at the new design, which has been shown recently in new teasers. Kev, please bring up image number four. So yeah, again, it's very reminiscent of the older styles of suit, which is really cool, especially because, you know, Halo really kind of split its fan base uh, with the whole, you know, Bungie to 343 thing. And that's mm -hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. I think that, you know, 5 is kind of looked at as more of a, a negative experience, but the campaign of 4 people did really like, and it did it modernize. Excellent. It modernized the the franchise a bit, and it took it in a direction that not everyone was happy with, but a lot a lot of people were. I do think that there is a middle ground somewhere that honors the entire legacy of the story of these things. But again, when I say what I'm looking for, the God of War style stuff is without spoiling stuff from God of War, is like there's moments in that game that go back to things that happened in the original trilogy that if you knew what they, they meant, it really hits you. If you don't know, the game does such a good job of presenting this thing having meaning with context that it doesn't matter if you played them it still hits you and i think with halsey you don't need to know all of the the past they're gonna this game's gonna tell you this game's gonna make her a villain that you're gonna want to fight and i think that that's kind of what matters the most to me is honoring the legacy honoring the lore but making this an experience that stands on its own uh both narratively and from a modern gameplay perspective uh, meanwhile, Halo fans have zoomed in on Master Chief's visor to get a close look at some unknown enemy, potentially a brute wielding a gravity hammer. Kev, if you can bring up the sixth image here. Uh, people are speculating this could be the enemy Hyperus, the new leader of the Banished. Uh, based on the recent Megablocks leak, it certainly looks like it. This Halo shit goes so deep. Uh, the teaser they put out a couple weeks ago had like a villain from Halo Wars 2, which I didn't play. But I did watch a lot of the cinematics on YouTube because they are beautiful as they always are uh, with these games. Um, some other weird things people have noticed are you can see a grappling hook on Chief's left arm uh, in the image below. Kevin, sorry, can you go back to the fifth image? Yeah, so you can see the he has some grappling hook thing, which is pretty cool. And I know that that's another divisive thing where some people are like, no, just go back to it being fully classic. And some people are like, no, we need a little bit more maneuverability. Even in Halo, the franchise, like sprinting has been uh, a thing of contention. But are you saying that people on the internet aren't agreeing about a creative direction for a video game? <laughs> it's crazy. But, you know, with that, it's like uh, Halo has so much juice behind it that all of those choices have so much weight behind them. And I think that 343 knows that more than ever going into this one, that they need to please as many people as possible. And that's not by changing what their vision is. It's about having a vision that that works cohesively together to create an amazing campaign and multiplayer suite that can live together and please old school Halo fans, more modern Halo fans and modern gamers as a whole. 
and especially this being the showcase for the xbox game showcase tomorrow like there's a lot running on this like the halo franchise goes back to the origins of xbox we all know how important it is to xbox but even like the halo 2 campaign debut at e3 in 2003 was one of the most iconic e3 moments of all time and for that game to have delivered what it did and then of course adding online and of course pushing xbox live for it and all that stuff like halo it's been a while since halo has been a console defining experience you know halo 3 had its moment when it with the uh, with pushing the 360s live features right but it's like halo 4 halo 5 and uh and the like kind of have just been video games not so much landmark tentpole moments for xbox i definitely agree that halo 5 didn't set the world on fire the way i think microsoft really wanted it to i think halo 4 was a lot more popular than maybe you're remembering it as when i was at machinima years and years ago we actually voted it as game of the year uh and that year a lot of other outlets were voting for telltale's the walking dead season one i don't know if you remember that it mm -hmm. feels like ancient history but i'm with you that Journey xbox well, really right? needs a console defining exclusive because sony has just been coming with nothing but the hits over this generation and xbox just really hasn't risen to the task of meeting them with their first party games in particular and so i think that a lot of eyes are on this game to make sure that it is actually going to be the tentpole that we're all hoping it is because I, I i don't want this game to fail right i really wanted halo 5 to be excellent i just like it fell a little flat for me as it did for a lot of other people who are fans of the franchise so i'm looking forward to the reveal tomorrow i think that we can probably expect that there's going to be some kind of marketing or man expectation management bungle based off every other piece of marketing Xbox has put out about the Series X so far in, uh, this year. But I'm hoping that they've listened to what everybody has been saying and they you know, go about it very smartly. But for you, Tim, as somebody who is a super big fan of this franchise, what are you hoping to see? Like, what is like the Tim Gettys Gatorade get hype moment that you want from Halo? Look, what I'm about to say is going to piss a lot of people off. Oh, Strap yes. In, Let's everybody. do it. Let's go. Halo 1 through 3 is Star Wars 4 through 6. Halo okay. 4 on are the prequels. And I'm not saying that they're as bad as the Star Wars prequels. What I'm saying is it's a very divisive thing of there are huge mega fans of the prequels, but there's a lot of other people that are like, this isn't what I'm looking for from Star Wars. Tomorrow, I am looking for Halo Infinite to be The Force Awakens. And again, I'm not talking about Last Jedi. I'm not talking about Rise of Skywalker. I'm talking about something that is the same but different something that is what I love, but modernized just enough with the right touchstones to characters and the things that I love to evoke the original emotions and, you know, kind of awe that the original star Wars had. Then do I hope the sequels to infinite are very, very, very more well thought out <laughs> than uh, the star, the star Wars sequel trilogy. Absolutely. I'm just saying, I want that that magic of going into force awakens where it's like, holy shit, they're nailing every single bit of this. And then, yeah, then it came out not perfect, but there was a moment there. And until we got past that, I was extremely happy with what that was. That's not going to please everyone in the world, but that's what I'm looking for. 
I agree, Tim. Last Jedi sucked. No, Kevin, not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying. <laughs> and even uh, with that, I... people, people in the chat, I'm seeing um, the, the, them saying that ODST was like Rogue One. Honestly, I think that Reach was more like Rogue One uh, with the real yeah, obvious Yeah, in the chat said Reach there. was like Rogue One. I agree with that 100%. Also, Reach was my favorite Halo game. Reach is fantastic because like Reach Reach did something that it, that it, that it really kind of just focused on narrative story that you didn't need to know the rest of the history for it to matter. Like it was a its own standalone story that again, the other lore enhances, but it works by itself. And I think that we can do that again with this. Absolutely. Um, I love this analogy. I don't think it's going to piss people off the way that you thought it was going to. I think it's actually pretty accurate. Um, I don't, I mean, obviously with, with, with varying shades of, you know, critique and in, in really comparing four on to the prequels. Um, but I think that what you said about wanting infinite to be that moment that, you know, force awakens was for the star Wars community to fans of the halo series, I think is a, is a really interesting idea. And I think that it would be a big win both for 343 and for Xbox if that moment happens for them. And I think we all want it to, right? We all want a really kick-ass Halo game. We want oh, yeah. Halo to be the dark horse game of the year contender in a sea of giant open-world RPGs for the shooter to be out there and be like, yo, look at how bomb we made this game that it can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Cyberpunk 2077, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm with you that I I want it to be, I want it to be awesome. Yeah, and I, I really do think that it can be. And I think that, again, there's there's multiple facets to go into it. There is the campaign. There's also the multiplayer suite. They need to nail both ends of that for it to truly be the Halo experience people are um, looking for and excited about. Because if they put out a game that's just okay, Halo will forever just be what it is, which is, oh, we're just going to get more of this time and time and time and time again whereas we look at a lot of other franchises that have evolved so much and so constantly over time so we'll see lexus writes in and says what's up kfgd crew with halo gameplay coming tomorrow i've seen a lot of chatter online of people just wanting a return to halo 1 2 and 3 style of gameplay however i personally think many of those people are looking back at halo with rose-colored glasses i really think the franchise needs an overhaul in gameplay at least for the campaign I hope 343 gives us the thing we didn't know we wanted with Infinite, like God of War, and I hope fans are receptive to it. What do you guys think? Should Halo change or go back to its roots? I'm right there with you. I, I do think that it needs to evolve. The combat needs to evolve. And oh. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but the grappling hook and things like that, they're going to be contentious. That sounds great to me. Like, I do think that corridor shooters have evolved so much like look at things like doom now right halo's always been a bit slower paced so that's why even adding the sprint changing the gameplay like fundamentally of the franchise people were kind of split on it because they're like whoa this is this is speeding up my halo experience in a way that i don't really like there's like a floatiness to halo that is kind of part of its charm i do think that what i'm looking for is the moment i had in halo one where the first level you're on the pillar of autumn and then all of a sudden when you get to halo everything is this is wide open i, I remember being mind blown that it felt like it was an endless world that i could walk around even though at the end of the day it was a linear game but like it felt so expansive and so huge i want that modern take on that like i, I don't know what that's going to be but that's where i'm saying of like the, i want them to give me what I'm, i don't know i'm looking for i'm looking for that feeling What's going to give me that feeling? I'm not sure, but I, I, I have faith in them. I don't know why I have faith in them, 
they haven't really done much to give me faith in them <laughs> in the last couple of years. But hey, we'll see. I think that they've learned their lesson from Master Chief Collection launching as poorly as it did. And they turned that around. It took them a decade, but they did. So I don't know. Take them a whole decade. Like, let's not be... Let's not be overreactive. Like, I mean, and also, like, the, I don't think there was any expectations for Master Chief Collection either. But I think it's also yes, there important. Was, there was huge expectations. For maybe from work. maybe from the fanboys, the, the fanboys who are always going to no. have unrealistic, gigantic expectations. No, the expectations were that you're going to be able to play the old Halo games and they're going to work, and it, that wasn't the case. Are <laughs> so. you talking specifically about multiplayer? Yeah. Yeah. And all well, the glitches and bugs and everything. Yeah. What's the okay. point of the game existing if it doesn't work? <laughs> okay, that obviously is a fair critique. I was looking at it purely from a campaign perspective, and I thought what they did with the campaigns in the Master Chief Collection was actually pretty neat. But I admittedly did not spend very much time in multiplayer because there's so many new games out doing cool new things in multiplayer. Why was I going to go back? to old Halo maps and multiplayer, you know, right. for extended periods of time. Sure, dip in there, have some nostalgia, run around with your friends. But, like, there's so many cool, interesting things happening in the PvP space specifically in shooters right now today that I think 343 needs to be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a, a game like Apex or a game like Fortnite, right? Games that are demanding people's attentions, even games like Valorant, right? But like, obviously every shooter has its own unique characteristics. And I think that Xbox knows that there's a lot of pressure on 343 to deliver as like the de facto game for Xbox Series X. And I anticipate that 343 has going or is going to take full advantage of all of the hardware that Microsoft is building into this new box. And I think we're probably going to see something really awesome that we haven't seen before in Halo. And I'm I'm also I'm also feeling good about it. I think it's gonna be great. Cause I think they know that they can't they can't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. I I really think it's gonna be great. I hope that it is a masterpiece. And I think that's the that's the bit that I'm like, where's it gonna fall? I don't think it's just gonna be good. I really don't. But we'll see. We're hours away. Story number two, Yakuza Like a Dragon gets a release date, English dub, and George Takai, and uh, yeah, I guess he's just in it. Cool. Uh, Michael <laughs> McWhorter from Polygon, sorry, this was phrased really weird. Michael McWhorter from Polygon uh, writes this, Yakuza Like a Dragon will be released this November in North America, Sega confirmed. Uh, the action-packed, turn-based role-playing game will feature a full English language dub, similar to last year's Yakuza spin-offs, Judgment, and will star George Takai. Takai will voice Masumi Arakawa, a powerful patriarch whose disillusion of the Tojo clan's Yakuza empire sets into motion the conflict at the heart of Yakuza like a dragon. The new Yakuza will be released for PS4, Windows, and Xbox One this November. It will also be available on Series X launch day, uh, Sega said, via Microsoft's smart delivery program. A PlayStation 5 upgrade path is also in the works, but does not have an official release date. Uh, Yakuza like a dragon plays differently from previous Yakuza games and draws influence from Square Enix's Dragon Quest series. Protagonist Ichiban Kusaga and his party of fellow adventurers take on job roles that define their character classes and can call upon turn-based RPG mechanics akin to healing spells and monster summons in battle. The game was released in Japan under the name Yakuza 7, Whereabouts of Light and Darkness earlier this year. I love Japanese names so much. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon will be $60 across all platforms, avoiding the mooted trend for more expensive next-gen games. Tim, there was mm -hmm. also... Uh potential leak uh the most reliable leaker some would say the microsoft store 
Oh, um, yeah. And it says November 12th specifically is the release date. Of uh, Yakuza? Yes, of Yakuza, like a dragon. Ah, fun. Okay. Okay. I wonder what that means. I mean, it means that it's out in the same window as Cyberpunk 2077, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and yeah. Destiny 2 Beyond Light. And now we have Yakuza uh, like a dragon. But I mean, I think it's Yakuza different is... audience. That's going to be fine. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, I'm just I'm I'm very interested in these next gen console release dates as as we get so close to this because that that would be potentially a week away from the actual launch of whatever the consoles are. What do you think about this theory of the Xbox Series X launching on eleven seven? As like a reported release date? Well, like Master Chief's number is one one seven. I mean, I think that that seems like a good day. What day of the week is that? I think it's a, it's a, it's a weird day for Microsoft, but like, what do they care? I mean, they care. If you get the I fun mean, marketing out of it, like. Well, I mean, they care more than you think. <laughs> but I mean, like we've seen. It's a it's a Saturday. I I doubt anybody's launching anything on a Saturday. But what does it matter in Corona times, right? Well, it, I mean, it matters because. Saturday is tr- is still traditionally not a not a business day, <laughs> even though in the world of video games, every day is a business day. I just I don't I don't see it. I don't see anybody doing a a, a console launch on a Saturday. I mean, even if they did it on a Saturday, it's going to be people are going to get it early anyway because that's the way that the Xbox One launch worked. Is that a bunch of early shipments went out and then you know obviously they had their official launch date, but. I don't. What's happening Saturday? They might put it on the books. <laughs> okay. Call it now. All right, sure. Why not, Tim? Why not? <laughs> also, um, I see John Drake in the chat saying, "I'm saying Yakuza wrong." Listen, I know it's Yakuza. Okay, I know how to say it. We're just trying not to make Tim feel bad, all right? <laughs> I don't know shit about anything, you guys, but I do know how to say the word bagel. <laughs> oh snap! Calling oh, me out, burn. calling me out, and I just said I was. I was just. Andrew, I'm having just, fun here. I'm having fun here. Before the show, North Andrea, Dakota dialect. Okay, Andrea may or may not have called it a, a bagel, <laughs> but hey, oh. hey, hey, it's okay. John gives me a hard time for that too. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, speaking of next gen pricing, Ubisoft is not going to be charging more for PS5 and Series X games. This comes from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. Uh, big news, Ubisoft said on today's earnings call that their next-gen games this fall will be the same price as current-gen games, $60. Uh, Take-Two had announced that NBA 2K21 will be 70 on PS5 and Series X. Cool. That's good. Is it? Sorry, what? I said, is it, though? I don't know if it's good. I Why think... would it be bad? Well, obviously, for... On its face, it seems like a good idea to keep games the same price, right? But we forever have an ongoing conversation about where the money for game development comes from, right? I mean, I think one of the biggest fiascos of this generation was the proliferation of microtransactions, right? (laughs) Like, how many times did we talk about microtransactions on KFGD? Um, I just think that, you know, if you really want to empower teams to be able to eliminate ways that they can continue to monetize after release, you have to come to grips with the fact that game prices need to change, that they can't continue to stay $60, or we're always going to see 
microtransactions in games to help supplement the cost of game development. But be realistic about that. Don't you think that they're both just going to happen then? I mean, prices of the games are going to go up and microtransactions are, are going anywhere. No, you're right. No, some publishers are absolutely going to continue to to do both no matter what. And fans of the show know that I categorically don't have a problem with cosmetic microtransactions. I think we all like to buy shiny things to make our character look pretty in games, or maybe that's just me. Um, but I mean, I would really love to see games move away from some of the more egregious microtransactions that we've seen this generation. And I don't think I'm alone there. And I mean, we the have, irony there, right? The right? Irony like, is that like NBA 2K21 is the one that's going to be $70 and they're going to have the most egregious microtransactions. I mean, but that's, that's a, that's a take two interactive business model, right? I mean, that's just the way that they do business. They have the most successful video game of all time. And they're like, we can charge what we want. I mean, that's that GTA attitude. <laughs> so, and I, I love that some developers are like, yo, we don't need that. And Ubisoft is saying, you know, we want to make sure that we keep our games the same price. But they are a very successful publisher that, that can do that. And I think that Ubisoft is an example of a publisher that has put microtransactions in some of their games that are not egregious, right? I bought tons of cosmetics for cassandra and my my steed in assassin's creed odyssey because i wanted to right mm -hmm. same with like rainbow six siege i like buying charms for my guns and things like that but i don't know if every publisher can do that i would guess not and i think that this idea that games can continue to be 60 dollars is something that we're gonna have to grapple with at some point yeah and the, even ubisoft the phrasing here that uh at least for this fall they'll be the same price like i wonder if at some point this will will shift and change especially as the necessity for cross-gen kind of dies down in like what three years let's say when it's like it doesn't really matter about uh the smart delivery because the majority of people that are actively buying these games will have probably moved on to at least one of the next-gen consoles or moving into xcloud entirely or whatever it ends up being but I do think we'll it's see. interesting. I would like what I would love to see happen is as we march towards this all digital future that the price of physical production and manufacturing, shipping, all of that, that whole piece of it that is part of that $60 when you buy a game at a GameStop, at a Walmart, wherever, is now then put back into development because they're saving it on manufacturing and so that they can hopefully bring down some of the more like egregious money grubbing techniques that they've used in other ways. So that's potentially a way to offset you know, the rising cost of game development by saying, well, we're actually saving money by not having to manufacture print discs and ship them because people are increasingly opting for digital versions. Now, the other piece of that, of course, is people who rely on physical copies of games to be able to like resell them or share them with friends, which you clearly cannot do with digital codes. And we routinely see physical copies of games go on sale and their digital counterparts stay at the same price, which is a whole nother issue to deal with. Yeah, totally. I guess I, I'm just of the mindset that like from the consumer side of things, like I just want the game prices to be as low as possible because the moment there's a new standard, it will be there forever. And like I, everything you're saying in theory is correct. It's just in practice, people like making money. 
So it's like there will be the microtransactions. There will be the $70 games. All games will be $70, not just the ones that need to be. And like the physical versus digital side of it, it's like they're not going to come up with a solution for digital games to be cheaper. And the markup and change for production of the physical stuff, that's not going to go back into game development. That's going to go into someone's pocket. So it's like I, I think fighting for the games to be cheaper in the long run is the right move but i understand that the, these games are expensive and there are certain games that totally last of us part two if that game was 80 dollars, i'd be like i understand but a lot of these other ones i'm like i don't know man um as long as i can keep it at 60 i'm gonna fight to keep it at 60 with you i'm with you i agree we should we should try to but i just the realist in me is like nah, that's the changes the change is happening it's, it's going to happen yeah <laughs> But I do think it's interesting that it's not happening now. Like, I think that Ubisoft... For the, console, the, for the new console generation? Yeah. Yeah. Because well, that would think... be the time for it to happen. And I, I feel like 2K kind of put it out like, oh, yeah, we're doing that. And then Ubi to be like, we're not, is like, oh, shit, who's next? You know? Especially with Xbox having their Game Pass situation. I think the kind of, you know, monkey wrench in the whole situation, though, is the pandemic, right? Like, so it's going to be hard enough already for the industry to embrace the launch of a new generation when people are financially strapped around the globe, right? And based off everything happening here in the United States, it's definitely not getting better here anytime soon. And that's absolutely going to affect the way that consumers are going to be spending this holiday. So it's very smart that Ubisoft, if that's part of why they made this decision or not, like that they made this call because it's going to help consumers when they're, you know, looking, Hey, am I going to purchase NBA 2K 21 or am I going to purchase Assassin's Creed Valhalla? You know? Yeah. We'll have to see. Um, uh, let's see. Speaking of Ubisoft, IGN reports that Ubisoft CEO Yves Guimont has announced that the next Ubisoft War digital conference will be in September. No date given, but we're getting some more UB goodness in September interesting i wonder what that's going to be i i feel like with the the forward they just had it, they, it was kind of playing it safe and it was you know just talking about the games that we already knew far cry 6 being the exception to that but i wonder if we'll get some new game announcements like some proper new surprises uh in september i don't know if we're gonna get a new surprise but we definitely have a lot of games that we didn't hear from in the last UB Forward, like we didn't get an update on Roller Champions, on Gods and Monsters. Uh, we didn't get an update on Beyond Good and Evil 2. Huh. And so I, I think that there's several things that are missing. We also have heard rumors about what's happening with Skull and Bones and if that game is being completely overhauled the way that they, you know, the rumors say as they're turning it into a live service game, a la Sea of Thieves. So I think that, you know, Ubisoft conveniently didn't talk about a lot of like the newer stuff and they went back to a lot of their older franchises with the exception of course of, of far cry 6 i mean mm -hmm. we even we didn't even get as as much of a a look into some of the other things like that i wanted to see like i wanted to see more from what they're doing with rainbow i mean like the esports bit of it is really neat but it's not i mean i want to see like a lot of new content for rainbow six and so i'm i'm looking forward to it and i hope that they are going to do some cool stuff yeah me too rayman Prince of Persia. <laughs> oh, man. But September is so far away. If I wanted to know what was coming to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Do, 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 do
Tim, that's that. supposed to be your job, but I know you hate doing it. I but do boy, I missed saying that, Tim. I, I missed I, it. I, I know. I, it sounded good hearing you do it. Kev, I, I sent you something to prep, and I, it seems like you didn't, but that's okay. Wait. I'll have to do it another time. Oh, the thing that you didn't tell me about and you just sent me an asset of? Yeah. What a huh. crazy thing to send the producer of the show something in the and, but channel. But not even have a conversation. Kevin, a when, like, now? Is you, that what you, we're calling him? Yeah, it is. It is. Anyway, out today. No, it's happening um, now. You can't hear it. No, don't do it now. Don't do it now. What? Like, let's oh. save it for another time then. But uh, we got Creeks coming on PC and Mac. We got uh, Necro Barista on PC. We got Aircraft Evolution on Xbox One. We have Dragon Marked for Death on PlayStation 4. Rainswept on Xbox One. Vagrus, the Riven Realms <laughs> on PC. Doctor Autonomous on PC. Booth on PC and Mac. Cosmos on PC. Kebab Simulator. What the hell could that be on PC? Uh, the Impossible on PC and Mac. Dungeon Scale on PC. Cyber Complex on Switch. And PUBG Season 8, now live on PC. Um, None kebab of those Simulator like is exactly what you think it is. You make kebabs? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I pulled up a, a trailer, a demo trailer from August of 2018. Um, and when you get to the middle of it, you get to like a restaurant of some kind and you're literally like pulling spices and seasoning the meat. <laughs> cool. Okay. And okay. that's not a euphemism, Tim. I love meat. Um, new dates for you. Descenders coming to PS4 on August 25th and bus simulator and bus... <laughs> Bus Simulator and Bus Simulator 18 Cetra Bus Pack 1 DLC available now on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Why is there two separate bu bus simulators? Why does one have a date and the other one just, it's just Bus Simulator? Simulators need to stop. Okay, we're living in this simulation ourselves. We don't need more. <laughs> Man. Now it's time for reader mail. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash games to write in, get the show ad free and all that stuff. But speaking of ads, this episode is brought to you by Klarna. Thanks to Klarna for supporting Kind of Funny Games Daily. In Sweden, they don't shop, they Klarna. Klarna is a revolutionary new online shopping app from Sweden that allows you to shop thousands of online stores and pay for anything in four easy, interest-free payments that make shopping smoother. With the Klarna app, you can shop anywhere online from the, the just from the app. It's easy to use and convenient to browse thousands of online stores from one convenient place. You can pay for anything in four interest-free payments. Paying after delivery allows you to try before you buy, and you can also report returns directly in the app. You can also get the best deals with customized price drop alerts on items you've saved to your wish list. It's always good to shop smarter and save. It's super easy to find what you're looking for and get it all set up. I tried it, and I was very impressed. Uh, by the Klarna. Uh, Klarna is a smoother, friendlier, Swedisher way to shop online. It's the one-stop shopping app for browsing, buying anything online, all in one app, and allows you to pay for anything in four easy, interest-free payments. Uh, download the Klarna app today. That's K-L-A-R-N-A, Swedish for shopping. Klarna. Let's get to the reader mail. What's good, guys? All right, I'm going to be real. Last week, I... DJ Brad Chill wrote in about Keeley being skewed towards PlayStation. And I was wrong, and you guys were right. Because holy shit, the hype I've seen this week for the Xbox Showcase and Halo Infinite especially has me feeling like it's actually a console launch year and not this crazy world where I'm worried about some dumbass not wearing a mask in the middle of a pandemic. The box art looks dope. The Banished being a major enemy faction is dope. The callbacks to Combat Evolved are dope. So I'm at the point of asking myself and you guys, what could Xbox show tomorrow that would kill the hype for Halo Infinite? 
why brad why do you want us to like talk about <laughs> what could like make us sad what what's that about <laughs> i i my answer like not to get too redundant for what we we're saying earlier but i think if it gets too bogged down in the details of halo lore that's where it's going to lose people like I, I think that uh if it's if this game could have just been called halo 6 i think there's going to be a problem I agree. I think for me, the one thing that would maybe throw water on the hype fire would be if they don't show gameplay. If they just give us a We're cinematic. Yeah, no, we definitely need gameplay. We need extended gameplay. I'm not talking about two or three minutes. I mean, I want like a solid like seven to ten minutes or more of Halo gameplay. This is their big splashy title. They need to spend ample of time on it. Like, I remember the year PSX opened with The Last of Us Part Two gameplay. And it was just so impactful and powerful because they're like, we're just going to show you the game, right? And like, I think that that's what they need to do. And I really hope that it's part of the plan because if they just come out with a cinematic, it's going to be cool to see, of course, but it's not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did say we're seeing campaign gameplay and you're right. Like, we need to see something substantial there. It can't just be like, 30 second montage clips of gameplay it's like no no no. we need to sit with it just like that e3 2003 halo 2 campaign that we saw that just like blew our minds it's like we need that in 2020 and i, I think that they're capable of it i'm very interested in how long this thing is going to be i don't know if we've got an actual confirmation on is it just an hour event is it an hour and a half like what what are we looking at because i think that'll be very telling of how much halo specifically will get because they're being they're being very specific about their wording on this, where there is a focus on the Xbox Game Studios. But are we going to get any third party announcements? I don't know. But I think I'm very so. About it all, they have so many internal studios now that it wouldn't, to me, make sense for them to do that. The only partner that I would imagine that could overcome that uh, would be would be CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk because they had such a splashy moment at the Xbox conference at E3 last year with Keanu, right? So I think like that would be a good way to bring a partner in, but I I really hope they don't. I hope that they just focus on on their first party studios because there's a lot of their studios we haven't heard from. So it's like give your studios yeah. the time to showcase what they're working on. Where I'm at, it's like it's interesting because that's true, but I also don't think that a lot of their studios are even going to be ready to show their things because a lot of them are still new. I think that there's some bigger stuff that I would love to see. I'd love to see what the initiative's up to, even if it is a tease for a game we're not going to get for four years. Like I, I think that's important for Xbox to have this kind of unicorn moment for us to be building towards. Um, but with that, it's like you can't look at Xbox's show as just its own thing. The PlayStation event happened last month. People are going to compare the two. And PlayStation came very hard with the uh, first-party titles um, from Spider-Man to Horizon to Ratchet to Gran Turismo, all of that. But they also had third-party games of consequence. Resident Evil 8, Square's Project Athia, um, all the Bethesda titles that were, were getting exclusive, whether it's timed or not, we don't really know right now. But like with Deathloop and with Ghostwire Tokyo, um, I feel like that's a, that's a lot of consequential third-party titles absolutely and and i feel like it xbox in comparison could look pretty tame if they don't have something like that i'm not saying that many i get that the quantity is like pretty high on the sony side right now but um i would love to see halo but we know we're seeing halo 
You know, I'd love to see Fable. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see like a couple of these big things that are rumored and talked about. Um, but I do think that it, it for this event to be like, holy shit, like there needs to be a couple things that we're not expecting from it. But that's only for it to be like 10 out of 10. I'm fully expecting this thing to be 8 out of 10. That's great. That's all that they need to do. This event doesn't need to revolutionize the world. This doesn't need to be the best gaming event of all time. This just needs to prove that Xbox has a place in the industry. And I expect them to do that. I think that they're more than capable of, of bringing that tomorrow. Um, Condor's Gondor says, Greetings, Tim and Andrea. The Xbox Demo Fest kicked off yesterday with hundreds of upcoming demos joining the Xbox Store's demo page. However, the page seems hidden slash needed to be sought out. While you can argue this is bad promotional execution, does this raise concerns over Xbox's dashboard layout? Thanks for all you do, Andrea. It's great to have you back. Thanks. Um, Hmm. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't even know like how to answer this question. Like I think it's, you know, Xbox has done a lot of work over this generation and in, in fixing the UI of the dashboard. And I would really like them to take some inspiration from the 360 dashboard. Cause I really enjoyed the 360 layout um, a lot more, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that, UI design isn't like at the top of my list of things that are concerning to me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty high on mine. And oh. it's pretty it's pretty bothersome uh <laughs> where like every time I turn the Xbox on I'm just like more confused than I I should be about going from place to place and like even just like the pause menus and the way the systems work I'm just like it's that one little hurdle that I'm like ah and I don't want that from games. And I do hope that next gen to me next gen totally seems about convenience. It seems about like solving all of the little kind of annoying things about games. So far, nothing's blowing my mind where I'm like, oh my God, this is this is next gen. To me, next gen looks like, oh, think the load screens are going to be quicker. That's nice. And that's all I need. But I do think that the UI goes a long way with that. And from what we've seen, Xbox isn't changing its UI uh, going into to next gen, which is kind of a bummer to me. Not the end of the world, but ah. Uh little promo here. Greg is playing these games today at 2 p.m. right on right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny game. So check it out. Let's see if Greg can find them. That'll be the challenge. So that'll be the, the demo number one is uh Xbox UI. The shade. Uh Zombie High X23 says with all the talks about Microsoft wanting to buy WB games, why is this not being viewed as giant monopoly move like Disney buying Fox, ATT buying WB, or Google moving into the gaming space? Shouldn't this be a little concerning? Oh, to answer yeah. it shortly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Warner Brothers Interactive has some really interesting IPs in their slate, but they are not the powerhouse publisher that should make you take pause and be concerned about something like a monopoly being in play here. Absolutely not. And Microsoft has also been very forthright about the fact that their games are available on multiple platforms. Right. I think they really led that charge with Minecraft when they bought Minecraft. A lot of people raised eyebrows and were concerned about how they were going to manage that game. So like, if Microsoft does buy Warner Brothers, um, WB Interactive specifically, if they're gaming IP, there should be no concern that these games aren't going to be readily available on every other console or on the PC platforms as well. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there's so many devs out there that WB is and all of their different devs that they have within that conglomerate are not 
going to be like the industry shifting in the way where it's it, it's going to be like PlayStation buying Insomniac. Maybe a little bit more, a little bit different than that. But it's like, yeah, I think choices would be different. Like Mortal Kombat would still probably be everywhere uh, because Microsoft would want to make that money. Um, but maybe they would just put it on Game Pass. I don't know. There's a lot that could happen. But I, to me, that's exciting. And I, I think it's that's exciting because there's been the competition between it. It gives Xbox something interesting. And like, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like all Xbox needs to do is show me some stuff that like, okay, that I need an Xbox in addition to my PlayStation. I'm getting a PlayStation. Spider-Man sold me on a PlayStation <laughs> among everything else that I can rely on being there. Halo looks to be selling me on an Xbox. That's all I need. But what about all these other people? And I think that games like Mortal Kombat and all that could be the answers to that. Interesting idea. And I see Unsung Spartan in the chat talking about how, what if Microsoft drops that news tomorrow that, you know, the the Warner Brothers purchase has gone through. Um, the, purchasing a, a company like WB Games is not something that you just do uh, in a day. <laughs> so they would have either had to have been working on it for several months to get that acquisition underway so that they could announce it tomorrow um, or it's something that we're going to see happen down the line. But Microsoft has made a lot of purchases recently and I think that it would be probably smarter of them to stop buying stuff and start, you know, showing the games that they've already bought. Like we don't need another THQ situation on our hands where they have like over 200 IPs but they only release like one or two games a year. That's like, well, what are you doing just like sitting on this dragon pile of, of IPs? What are you going to do with them all? So... The difference but. there is that if they if they bought these guys, it wouldn't just be IP; it'd be buying the teams as well. Yeah, so it's absolutely. like the game, like it's it's not like some of these the 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 team or the whatever like teams that they've created that it's like oh fuck now they have to start doing this. It's like these teams have been working on something already, so they'd be buying that. I agree with you that it's like I don't think it'll be ready by tomorrow. More than that, they've made it extremely clear that tomorrow's just about games. It's not about business things. It's not about services. It's not about anything else. So. I don't think that we should expect any of that talk. In fact, I'd be very surprised if they were lying to us because that would be... We're in a world of transparency, meaning more than ever right now uh, when it comes to these showcases where every single promotional tweet, promotional word that they put out about these things is scrutinized. And they have made it extremely abundantly clear that this is only games. So only expect games. Uh, Time to up. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games if you want to play some games with the best friends out there jason writes in he's playing on stadia uh his username is jason is back number six seven nine five he says i want to play co-op and orcs must die three on stadia i usually play in the evenings uk time so around 3 p.m on the east coast and in the day on the west coast jason is back number six seven nine five go connect with him via your stadia it's time for some you're wrong. Let's see what we got wrong. Um, let's see. So far, we're perfect angels, which is great. Oh, excellent. Uh, Nanobiologist says a little clarification. The Ubisoft note only applies to Watch Dogs Legion and AC Valhalla. All of the games after that may increase in price. Cool, cool. Um... Ill Grill Chill is saying the Xbox event is scheduled for July 23rd from 9 to 10 a.m. So, okay. So, if they're saying it's an hour, interesting. Sounds about right. Um, that's it. 
There we go. Look at that. Boom. Nailed it. You come on the show, we don't get anything wrong. That's how this works. When you're not <laughs> yeah. here, yes, I'm, just a bunch I'm perfect of 100, 100% of the time. Me and you. It's what we do. TNA, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow's hosts are Greg, me, Blessing, Andy, and Snowbike Mike, because Games Daily tomorrow is going to be the post show to the Xbox game showcase. Very exciting stuff. We figured uh, with the timing and everything, it's like, why why double up on all this info? We know what we want to talk about. We're all going to be there. Let's go. Let's get hyped. Um, Then Friday, it will be Blessing and Greg. I'm sure that will be a banger of a show as well. Uh, again, everybody go follow Andrea. What's good games. You just launched. What's good wine. How's that going? Surely I wanted to keep it a passion project, something that I didn't feel the pressure to create content on a schedule. And so I'm just allowing myself to make stuff when I, when I want to make it. Um, because obviously my focus is on what's good games and everything we're doing with, um, our, our channel, our Twitch channel, and obviously the podcast. But it's fun. Like, it's content that I really enjoy making. So if you guys haven't checked it out, it's um, at What's Good Wine on Instagram. And I, it's also on my personal YouTube channel. Um, but Instagram's really probably the best place to watch it. And I'm trying to kind of figure out, you know, what I want to do next. I have an idea for a video that I'm probably going to shoot sometime either this week or next week. But, yeah, it's Fantastic. fun. I like it. It's a great time. Go check it out. What is that? Instagram.com slash Andrea Renee? Um, my personal is Andrea Renee underscore, and then the what's good wine is at what's good wine. Boom. Boom. Well, now it's time to get to the post show for patreon.com slash kind of funny game supporters. Andrea, thank you very much for joining us till next time. Love you guys.